Hello, my name is Ronnie Edwards and I'm the director of Pomozzi Creatives. Thank you for joining me on the Everyday Inspirational Women podcast. I'll be spending time with and learning from women and girls that I personally find inspiring. Each one of us carries this incredible energy that can encourage and inspire. I really hope that you find a few inspirational nuggets from some of these women. Enjoy. So we're having um, another exciting podcast series. Um, and I'm actually doing a slightly, we're having a slightly different uh, podcast in that I'm not leading this one. Uh, we're here with Janine Melbourne, who runs Don't Go With The Flow, which is a community interest company that focuses on drug awareness and harm reduction for young people and adults. And Janine's actually going to be talking to our inspirational woman of Portsmouth apprentice, Lottie. So I'm not going to be part of this. Would you uh, like to take the reins? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So Janine, it's lovely to meet you. Um, Could you tell us about Georgia and what life was like before May 2018? Of course. Um, Georgia was extremely obnoxious, (laughs) very loud. Um, If she was in the house, you knew she was in the house. Um, If she liked you, she would do absolutely anything for you, night or day. Um, if she didn't like you, you knew about it because she'd tell you. Um, always had a guarantee that she was lying. <laughs> um, always nicking her sister's clothes. A typical 18 year old teenager, to be honest. Um, yeah, she loved going to the cinema, having meals, um, hanging out with her mates. I think mum would take exactly the same about me. <laughs> if I don't like you, you'll know about it. <laughs> um, would you be comfortable uh, talking to us about what happened? Of course I can. Um, it was the 26th of May and it was the Mutiny Festival. Um, Georgia was going along with her sister. They were both getting lift together. Um, but of course, once they were there, you separate because you don't have anything to do with your sister in public. Uh, they got picked up at midday. Um, Georgia was dropped off at the festival grounds and her sister was dropped off at a friend's house. Um, I sort of went out front, said goodbye, you look lovely, love you, be good, be careful, which is what I always said to them. Um, See you later. And off they went. Um, Myself and my husband got a phone call from her sister at about half past four saying, um, my mum... Georgia's fitting, Um, I've got the paramedics here, I'll hand you over. Um, So I spoke to the paramedic and he said we've, she's been in and out of consciousness um, and she's taken some pills. So, okay, um, we can't settle the fitting, we're going to take her down to QA hospital and you can meet us there. Um, while I was on the phone, a friend turned up and they said, oh, I'll run you down to the grounds. I was like, OK, brilliant. So he drove me down to the grounds. My husband stayed at home in case he was needed. And um, just as we got there, we just saw her feet going in the back of the ambulance. Um, I got in the front of the ambulance. They could work on her in the back. And the woman sort of said to me, look, you do know this is serious, don't you? 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I was thinking in my head, I suppose, a couple of days in hospital and, and then sort her out sort of thing. Um, when we got to the hospital, uh, I got out and I went into a family room. Um, I work in the care sort of system. It's family members like to be there, but sometimes they get in the way. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go in another room. They can deal with her then without worrying about me being there. Um, the consultant came to see me once he'd been into her. And he said to me, look, do you know what she's taken? I said, well, I've just been told she's taken two pills. Don't know what they are. Um, he's right, OK. He said, do you know how they work? No, not really. So he sort of explained to me that MDMA works by raising the blood pressure and the temperature and everything else in the body. That's how it changes the chemicals in the brain. Um, but what had happened with her is her temperature had gone so high at one point it had even gone sort of off the level. So it's over 40 degrees. Um, the body can only sort of cope with that for so long. So, um, <coughs> sorry, it started the fitting. Um, and then again, the body can only fit for so long. I don't know if you've seen a fit. It's, it's horrible to watch. Um, and... The body was so vigorously going, again, it can only go for so long. So they tried everything they could to sort of stop it. But because it's, it's like a false temperature reading, it, it's very difficult to get the body temperature down. Um, I think she fitted all in all for just under 50 minutes. Um, and again, the, the body just can't cope. So it started shutting down. And it does that by the muscles basically start to dissolve. Uh, and they dissolve into the bloodstream, which turns the blood acidic. And, of course, the blood then goes around every single part of the body. Um, so, more or less, by the time she got to hospital, she was already brain damaged. Um, even if they'd have brought her around then, she wouldn't have been able to probably walk or talk again. Um, and, as it happened, her heart had stopped three times. Um, they'd found it harder each time to get the heart started. Um, so he sort of said to me, look, you need to make some phone calls, really. And he went off. So I called the family, let them all know. Still didn't think she'd die. We'd we deal with things in a couple of days, sort of thing. Um, about 40 minutes later, I suppose it was, uh, he came back again and said to me, have you found out exactly what she's taken? I was like, no, I don't know, sorry. Um... He said, OK, he said, uh, we're, we're trying to talk to specialists on the phone to see if there's something else we can give her to calm her down. Um, but so far, nothing's working. Our heart has stopped again. Um, we have restarted it, but again, it's, it's getting harder. Um, I think it's time you sort of call family members down. So I got on the phone, managed to get most of the family down by the time the consultant came back again, about 40 minutes again later. Um, and he said, uh, he said uh, her heart's gone again. Um, we have restarted it, but unfortunately her lungs are now being affected. Um, they're filling with blood, um, stomach acid, vomit, um, and there's really nothing we can do now. We need to go and turn the machine off. Um, so we went down, sort of said our goodbyes and turned the machine off at 20 past eight. Um, so she left home at midday. We got the phone call at half past four and then she was gone by 20 past eight. Um, we stayed at the hospital till about half past, about half past 11. 
Um, we spoke to the police. Um, and, yeah, it sort of went off from there. Wow, that is something you can't imagine ever having to go through. And you're so strong for still being able to talk about it now. Um, but grief, as you know, is shown in many different ways. And lots of people just go into lockdown and hide and shut away from the world. However, you have bravely decided to step forward and help the community and everyone by founding Don't Go With The Flow. Can you tell us more about your charity? Yes, yeah. I mean, it started off, to be honest, um, I knew Georgia was planning on going the day after with her friends. Um, and we don't know who she was actually with that day. She was found um, on her own. Whoever she was with, she'd either separated from or, or they'd wandered off. Um, and luckily she was found by some other friends. Um, so my initial thing was, if there's more people going the next day, I need to get this out there. I need to let people know. We'd had a few sort of text messages from people saying, was it her? Um, so I waited till we told all the family members and I thought, right, OK, we'll get this on Facebook. Um, so that's what I did. And I sort of told people that she had died. She had taken two MDMA tablets um, be careful if you go in the next day. Luckily, they cancelled the festival um, and took action that way to, to stop anything else. I think there was 15 people in all that were affected that weekend. Um, so that sort of kicked me off, I suppose. Um, I was then contacted by the organiser of Mutiny and a couple of months after Georgia died, I spoke to him and he said to me, sort of, did I know about front of house testing? No, not really. I haven't got a clue what you're telling me. Um, and he sort of explained it was um, basically if you're going to take drugs, you take your tablets down to these tents, to these people, and they test the drugs for you. So you know exactly what's in it, um, what the strength is. Um, and then you also get um, a sort of session as well with them. So they tell you how to be safe with it. Um, and through sort of looking into that and the loop, uh, which is run by Fiona Meesham, um, I sort of then, I suppose, ping-ponged through everybody else and thought, OK, if I'm just learning about all of this and I thought things were all right, I thought I sort of knew enough to pass on. Actually, I didn't have a clue. Um, and I've then obviously since spoken to children that I know. I say children, they're, they're young adults. Um, and life out there where drugs are concerned it has changed a lot um, on the street the drugs are a lot worse the strengths are extremely high and they're dirt cheap to buy uh, which is why a lot of people are, are taking them I mean you can get a couple of pills for a fiver at a festival yet an alcoholic drink will cost you 10-15 pounds so a lot of them are deciding to do drugs rather than spend the money Fifty hundred pound on on drink, um, so yeah, I thought. Well, seeing as I'm learning as I'm going along, and I'm talking to different people, I might as well sort of share what I'm learning. Um, Georgia was always called Flow at home. I don't know why, um, but always was. And so, don't go with the flow. Just sort of felt right. I don't want people to follow in our footsteps, and it's a saying that everyone knows as well. Um, and it was sort of, yeah, it, it came around. I, I went from the festival testing and learning about that to 
okay, no matter what happens, whether things get legalised or whatever, the best bet is education. And to get the education, you've got to go into schools, etc. Um, and it's not just young people that need to learn about it. It's adults, parents like myself. As I say, I thought I knew and I didn't. Um, and yeah, it was sort of born from there. That, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, especially as from a young person's point of view, drugs are much easier and it's often the go-to because it takes so much money and a lot of it to get yourself drunk and have a supposedly good time. It is more expensive and takes longer, but you think, oh, £5, I can get high. It's the same effect. Might as well. So I know that, especially around my age group, they are experimenting more with stuff like that. So it is raising awareness that's really important. Mm. Um, and about raising awareness, how can we raise awareness for your charity and help support it? I just want people to talk about it, to be honest. Um, since Georgia, I've had a load of support, extreme support, and it's been brilliant, but I've also had sort of quite a lot of nasty messages um, that I wouldn't repeat to anybody because um, there is still that stigma around drugs. Everyone sort of thinks of the person in the gutter that can't feed themselves, that's, that's stealing to support a habit. Um, and like in George's case, and a lot of young people, it's a one-off thing. It's something then they might go to a house party and try. Um, and it is a lot easier to get hold of, to be honest. I think since alcohol... The, the sort of laws on alcohol were changed. Um, drugs are the easiest thing to get. That You'd think alcohol would be easier, cheaper, but it's not. Um, so kids are turning to this, and they're turning to their friends for advice on how to do it. Um, Georgia obviously didn't have a clue how to do drugs safely, but listening to peer pressure and friends around her, people that brag and say, oh, well, I had ten pills the other night... Actually, if you had 10 pills, you wouldn't be here if they were how they should be. Um, so, yeah, just talking is is my main thing. And if I can educate people along the way, brilliant. If I can make someone think twice, brilliant. I'm not saying don't do drugs. Um, don't do it. It's never worked with anyone. Um, you tell a kid not to touch a sweet, the first thing they're going to go and do is pick up the sweet. And young people are exactly the same. Um, and risk-taking and things like that. It's all part of being a teenager. It's all part of being a young person. It's, it's in your brain. It's chemically there um, to risk-take. So if we can sort of get the message out there how to do things a bit safer, then you sort of you, you win the battle a little bit. Yeah, and as you said earlier, drug, the subject of drugs is very stigmatised because you have, a stere not a stereotype, but an image of what you think comes with drugs... And because of it being so stigmatised, I think it leads to no conversations happening between schools and parents and young people. And I think that's why so many people are getting injured or unwell because they don't have the education. So have you got any advice for both teens and parents on how to handle the situation and also to, if they're going to take drugs, how they can do it safely? There are... Lots of websites around now. Um, Don't Talk to Frank is extremely good. Um, the DSM Foundation, again, have helped me. They do a lot of education based in London, but again, they're, they're on the internet. Um, the Loop 
Vice, uh, Vault Face. They, these are all brilliant people, companies that I've met, and they're so easy to get access to. Most people have got access to the internet now. Um, if you're going to take something, research it, look up what it's going to do to your body, um, things that can go wrong. Um, like I said, with Georgia, she took two pills. You're supposed to take a quarter, and she took two. Um, and hers were extreme high strength as well. Um, I know someone else who, who died, and his molly was 12 times over what you'd expect to find. Um, and especially with MDMA, a lot of the time now, these pills, the average dose is supposed to be 80 meg um, for the average adult, whereas now they're selling them at 250, 400, sometimes even 500 meg. So test it. You can buy test kits for not a lot of money off the internet as well. So it won't always give you the strength, but it'll give you the ingredients, so at least you know if it's pure or not. Again, George's was pure. So it's not always the fact that there's something nasty in it, but it could just be the strength. So, yeah, just research, test and talk. That's all you can do. Um, and I think the more you look into things like this, it will make you think twice about doing something or think twice about doing it a bit safer. Yeah, because I think as well, social media is used a lot for getting the word out about that. Um, and also a form of selling them as well. It's the, oh, they, you can't tell with the postage that it's at. And you see, and it's like 800 mg, as you said, and it's like, what, what is that doing to your body? Yeah. And you're never told about that. You're always told, you know, don't do drugs. So I think that the whole talking aspect does need to happen more for it to get through instead of just saying no. And I think that's where your charity helps as well because it does bring that all back as in talk more how to do it safely and I think it's really helpful and great that, and inspirational <laughs> that you formed your charity so thank you for doing that um right last question on a bit more of a lighter note in a year's time you have been given an all expenses paid dinner party and you can only invite four people um so there's one person that's stuck by you through everything one person that makes you laugh one person that interests you and one person of your choice. Who would you pick? Okay, so it'd have to be my husband. Um, otherwise he'd kill me with the amount of food on the table that's for nothing. Uh, definitely Will Smith, because he's just... You've got to. Um, I think I'd have to have... Uh, Michael Whitaker, who anyone that's horsey will know who he is brilliant family of show jumpers and horse people um and the last one I think I would have to have Fiona from the Daniel Spargo Mabs Foundation because since all this she's helped me a lot with the the grief and the education side of it so yeah she's a lovely lady who's been there for me as well it should be quite interesting meal. <laughs> <laughs> interesting mix. <laughs> and it's all paid for by me. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of dinner parties here. It's going to cost me. Thank you so much for your time, Janine. I'm really grateful that you took time out at such a busy time to um, come and spend some time with us and just share your story. And thank you also to Lottie 
I will no longer be doing podcasts. You can do them all because <laughs> you were brilliant. Um, just one last question again. If people want to find out about Don't Go With The Flow, where would they look? I'm on Facebook. Um, I haven't got a website because I'm useless with technology. But yes, we are on Facebook. Um, Georgia Jones, Don't Go With The Flow. Um, just Google her name if you forget the rest of it. It will pop up somewhere. Brilliant. Thank you for your time.